Hey, what's up? This is Johnny McBee, and you're listening to the Burn This World podcast. So I am here with DJ Rambo, aka Omar, my dude. How you doing today? Dude, I am fantastic. I've been looking forward to this phone call all day, just ready to tell you all sorts of things. How are you, man? I'm perfect. And this this even came about just because I was had a whole day of press and did like twelve interviews in one day. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was a nightmare. And uh, but you and uh, one other lady was the only enjoyable people to talk to. And so it was, um, it's, it's definitely nice to do an, an interview with someone and not just, you know, have like some note cards being asked to me, you know, some typical oh. stuff. Yeah, no, I dig it, man. Well, you know what, dude, I, I almost think I know who this lady is just cause, uh, me and her probably talk a lot on Facebook, but the thing is, it's like, dude, like I grew up on Howard Stern, you know what I mean? I, oh, I grew I, I grew up, you know, and his is, you know, he never had note cards. He just said whatever the hell he wanted when he wanted. And also, dude, you know, when I when I try to do these interviews, you know, like, you know, I'm honored I got an interview and a lot of people I've talked to, you know, it's like it's like, the you know, I wanted to be almost like a fan's perspective. What would the fans ask? Because, you know, of course, you know, if a band has an album, you know, you have to promote the album. But like. You know, a lot of us fans or music lovers, you know, we just we just really want to get to know the person we look up to. So I am super happy that uh, I'm one of the two that uh, you enjoyed, man. Heck yeah. And uh, real quick, the can we give a brief little description to the people of what you do? Yeah, um, my name is Omar Rodriguez, a.k.a. DJ Ramo. I host the FM Every Heavy Metal Show based out of Ashland, Oregon. We do FM. We do online. Uh, we do the apps. Um, I've been doing this for about four years now. And and our sole goal um, is to book a smaller band with a bigger band each night. So there's times like, let's say we interviewed Exodus. I'm going to book a local thrash band that would love to even be on the same card as Exodus and, and, and just kind of share the platform, you know, because... Because, you know, I could just be another interviewer that just talks about talks to a bunch of famous people, you know, and just, you know, it's just full of his ego or actually use it to an advantage and support local scenes. So for us, you know, we try really hard to support uh, smaller scenes because, uh, yeah, man, that's what that, that's what it's about. You know, it's the community. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I mean, I I especially in, in the same way, I really try not to. um you know, I guess discriminate of like who I'm friends with online or who I'm going to be communicating with. Like I, I try to hook up smaller bands. I put them on my playlists on Spotify and, you know, I talk to anybody. There's, there's no reason not to, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And honestly, dude, until I started like, you know, having that mentality and, and really trying to have a conversation with the bands, you know, that's when the interviews got good. And, you know, the, um, the, you know, the not fan base, but like the community just got bigger. It's like, you know, I think there's a difference between liking something and love it, loving something. Yeah. Loving something, you'll do it no matter what. 
liking it, you're constantly thinking of the, oh man, the failures coming or how much have I invested in it? You know, is this worth it? You know, I feel like when you love something, you don't, you still ask those questions, but you, you always find a way to pivot and uh, make it work. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially in the world of entertainment, whether you're a musician or a radio host or a YouTuber or whatever it is, like there's going to be moments when it when it gets very difficult. But like you and that's whenever you get the difference between the people that are doing it for fame and money or the people that are doing it because they enjoy it, because those people that are doing it for the wrong reasons, they're gone quick. Yeah. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, man. And, uh, yeah, it's, and like, like you were saying, like the music industry, dude, it's, you know, the more I dive into it, you know, it wasn't until like a couple of years ago where I started real, really having some, some big success. But the thing is, is like, man, you really gotta be okay with criticism. And, but the biggest thing too, man, is like, you know, you really got to focus on what you're doing. I feel like, you know, like the, the the more like like the thing is, is that people won't believe in you until they've seen a result. Nobody's going to believe in you until they've seen something. There's times, mm-hmm. uh, first couple of years, man, where I'm getting like one or two likes. Mm-hmm. You know, like like I, I like I, I'm maybe getting one share. Like nobody's really giving a shit until like you start doing it. You yeah. know, and and you know, I always tell people that like, hey, on your hardest day, that's the day you have to try the hardest because you know what, dude. I work my ass off on radio. I promote all these bands. I don't force the bands to share my stuff, to like my stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of them pay me. You know what I mean? Like, like if I make a flyer for them, it's a half an hour. I'm spending away from my mm-hmm. kid. You know what I mean? And 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 I'm sacrificing. I mean, I I I edit a video and add video graphics. It takes me thirty minutes to edit, and then like an hour for it to like render off my yeah. computer. <laughs> you know? And and the thing is, it's like, man, there, there's days where my head was in the dirt, but I was like, dude, I love music so much, and I'm not gonna let anybody take that from me. So yeah, you know, the, in the music industry, like. You know, I always ask everybody, you know, how it's really like and, you know, and same with like promotion and everything, man. It's just everybody tells me the same thing. Like, you got to love it. Yeah. You know, you know, and and because it's it's tough, man. And especially now compared to like the 80s, like in the 80s and 90s, I mean, people made money off of record sales, um, you know, everything else. There, there were so many more things um, that like because like nowadays it's like, all right, you want to listen to a album? Uh, I mean, a band, you can find their whole discography, you can find their whole merch line and everything. You know, back in the day, you heard about Metallica playing. So, um, some of the times, you didn't even know how the band members looked. Yeah, for sure. Now, now, now Nowadays, you can see the band you're going to go see, you can see what they had for dinner and their political differences before <laughs> yeah, you even definitely. heard their music. Right. <laughs> and back in the day, it was like, oh, fucking rebel. You know, I'm going to be a fucking rebel, buy some merch and album themselves. And now it's like, Oh gosh, this guy's an anti-vax. I don't want to leave and support their band. It's like, right. what happened to the music, man? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, for sure, and that is a big thing. I think that one reason there's not really going to be a, a new age of rock star is because, and I think being a rock star, quote unquote, is dead because there's a whole mystique that is completely mm-hmm. gone now. Like you, you do see these people's everyday life. You interact with people every single day, so you don't have that like. Oh my God! This is my first time ever seeing that person, 
you know, move at all. And so there's a whole mystique that's gone now. And, um, yeah, with, and being in, in the industry, like I've, I've never ever talked to someone that, that does what you do in their position. So like radio, you said that you used to, um, be all about Howard Stern and everything. So like what, what is it that motivated you to get into being a radio host? Cause it, I feel like there's not many people that do that. And then it's also, you know, an, an interesting thing to directly want to be doing. Well, dude, it's actually, it's, it's a big story. I'll try to sum up it a little in a small amount of time, but uh long story short, man, I lived in California. I did, I did music for a long time. And then I, I ran into a lot of family issues where like, you know, my whole family split up. And at that point, you know, they were my only backbone, uh, backbone supporting me doing music. So from tw- age 23 to 26, um, I spent growing pot, doing a lot of cocaine. And the thing is, I, I didn't have my parents around me. I didn't have anybody around me. I was going through a hard time in my life. And I remember... Um, you know, I was having a hard time and, and, and I remember my mom and my dad always telling me like, Omar, what's the one thing nobody takes, I can ever take from you. Like, even if you hit rock bottom and I'm like music, nobody can take my music, my love for it. And, and I remember when I hit my last rock bottom when I was 26 and I was telling my mom, I was like, I was like, she's like, I I was like, I don't know what to do. And she's like, follow the music, Omar, follow the music. So what I did is I put an ad out on Craigslist because um, I've been playing guitar since I was 13. That I um, I was I was a vocalist looking for a band, and I remember um, the second day a thrash metal band hit me up. Uh, we, we played a couple shows like two months later, and and for me, man, I've I've always been driven. I've always been one that like that like really feeds off. If if I have a little bit of success, I feed off of it a lot. And I remember we're doing good with the, with the band and everything. And, um, there was this guy named Jim Harris, um, at the show. And one of my friends was like, dude, that's the who's who in metal in Southern Oregon. Like if you want to know anything about metal or anything, you need to talk to that guy. And immediately, like, like still to this day, dude, like I, I, I'm addicted to hanging out with, with people who are like successful or have like ideas, you know, like dreamers. Like I, I love big, crazy dreams. And, I remember I, I talked to him and, and he was like, oh, hey, man, like I'm a promoter. You know, he, he books all the big bands, you know, uh, Dokken, all these big local bands that play around. And and he's like, oh, I do a radio show, too. And I'm like, oh, nice. That's awesome. And we got to talking. And then um, a couple months later, he's all, hey, man, um, I don't have a ride to the radio show. Um, can you give me a ride? <laughs> and I gave him a ride. And that ride ended up turning into like 10 rides. And then one time he uh, invited me on the to go on air, and I immediately started talking, and and I loved it, and, and I, I've always loved to talk, so <laughs> you know what I mean. So, yeah. I mean, I could talk for for, for three hours. My wife but, says the um, same thing about me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I know. Believe me, I got I got I got I got my uh, my baby and my my uh, wife inside the house right now. Like they're. they're they know what I'm doing. They're like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna go talk again. Yeah. Great, you know. But uh, but the thing is, is like, um, so his band started. So my friend Jim, who was hosting the radio show, his band started doing really good. And he's like, hey Omar, I I really wouldn't want to um, cancel the show. He's like, he's like, would this be something you're interested in? And for me, dude, like I live on like Howard Stern. Um, I live on sports radio, Dan Patrick, Jim Rome. 
um, Colin Cowherd, everybody. Like I'm a huge basketball and, and uh, um, like baseball and football nerd. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I love competition in general. But but I but he asked me if I would take it over. So um, I tried a couple shows, and I and for me, dude, I, I it was I was like a nervous wreck, you know. And honestly, I, I'm doing my show on air. Like, holy crap, dude. Like, if I screw it up, somebody's hearing it in their car. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, you know what I mean? And and we have a we have a big following here in Ashland, Oregon. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I did a couple shows. I mean, I mean, I did shows for me like three months. And I remember uh, the first band ever, this band called Apothesteri from Portland, hit me up. And they're like, hey, Omar, we, we, we think it's cool that you're playing music. Have you ever thought about doing an interview? And I was, and he's like, and I was like, no. He's like, do you want to do one? Like, day of. And I was like yeah sure i guess and i remember i did an interview but the thing the thing that really pushed me and motivated me was how thankful they were and and how happy they were that they were on the radio yeah you know and and when i saw how happy they were i was like dude i love this like making them happy made me really happy yeah definitely i mean that's a that's a huge thing that i i'm kind of a really big advocate for in my life and um you know whether it makes me kind of a douche or not, I, I don't like to give things to people that ask for it, you know, but yeah. I'll, I'll very much so go out of my way to help someone that would 100% appreciate so much uh, because it's something they don't necessarily get like all the time, you know, and so 100%. I'll, I'll very much so try to go out of my way to to help someone in a way with something they might not have access to ever and I, that's awesome, and that's one thing that I did like about your show because I, I look at your posts on Facebook, and you know you are supporting the local bands, and I mean maybe that comes from like you grinding up in in the local scenes where you were and being a musician before you know being a radio host, and yeah, maybe from your perspective of being a smaller band grinding or a musician, you're like man, if I could be, had been on the radio at some point, that'd have been awesome. And you're just, you're giving them exactly what would have made you happy back in the day too. A hundred percent, dude. And, and, and to back what you just said, um, immediately after that interview, I started booking every local band I know that, and, you know, but also, you know, I'm looking for bands that, that are trying, you know, those are the bands that really stick out to me. You know, the, the bands that are working hard, but like they they can't seem to get like that little bit of help or mm-hmm. or motivation or motivation to push them over the top and and immediately dude I was I just started booking every local band I know of every local band just like bam bam and and every time dude like somebody do a post and be like oh my god I'm on the radio for the first time in 20 years or mm-hmm. you know being in a band or or this and that and dude I I got addicted to making people happy dude you yeah know, like definitely. I, I mean I, I got happy making their flyers. Uh, putting their interviews up, asking them questions, and and you know it. And the thing is, dude, with like the music scene, dude, it's like w- when you can generate that much positive energy, it's insane. Where it it, it could push you, yeah. In general, as a as a person, you know, it's 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 extremely addicting. And I'm and I'm one of those people that really believe that whatever you put in the universe comes back. Because because yeah. there's been times where I really needed help, and 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 things came through, but you know, as far as like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the story of kind of how it led to me talking to you. Yeah. You want to hear that story? Let's hear it. All right, dude. So, so I did all these interviews, right? I've done about 220 interviews, 220 bands in the last three years. And, um, I remember I did like 40 or 50 bands 
and and I, I started supporting all these local bands and and then I and then I started seeing other interviews at other big places other big pod podcasts or band members that have podcasts do and I'm just like man like like a lot of these interviews are like so boring like a lot of the interviews I do are fun mm-hmm. like and, and then in my head I was like like why is it that like like all these people get these legs up over me and I'm working my ass off and I'm grinding. And, and, you know, like I work and, and I see a lot of other podcasts and like, I'm not going to name any big names, but I saw some people, some journalists working for like some big metal magazines or podcasts. And I'm just like, why the hell do they have this asshole doing this? <laughs> yeah. Like, like this guy's boring, dude. Like God, like nails on a chalkboard. And, I, and, and then in my head, I was like, man, I'm in Southern Oregon. You know, people only care about Portland or, or people only care about SAC or San Francisco. Like, it's Southern Oregon. And then in my head, I was like, why not us? Why not Southern Oregon? Why can't, why can't instead of bands ha- traveling right past us, why can't this be a location? Yeah. And I, and I remember the first person who ever gave me a shot to, um, that got any sort of traction was uh, Lee Patrick McKinney from okay. uh, Born of Osiris. Yeah. He was the first person who ever said yes to me. And the thing is, I normally never go out of my way, mm-hmm. you know? But in my head, I was like, man, dude, like, I'd love to get some more promotion for these local bands while promoting bigger bands. Cause yeah. The thing is, with bigger bands, dude, it's like, it's like, it's like, okay, I, I get super excited to interview a big band, but, but at the same time, like, they got hundreds of people trying to promote them and everything. You know, and, and yeah. unless unless I make an impression, like nobody's gonna give a shit about me. Like like you said, you interviewed what, you had twelve interviews in a day? Yeah. That's hardcore, man. Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> and and so for me it was he gave me my first shot and, and I remember I was like, Oh, this is awesome and a lot of people listen and then I remember right afterwards, um, um, I talked to Possessed and then and then the big this is the one that literally probably pushed my show over the edge was a. Uh, I got to talk to uh, Selenos from Dimmy Borger, a oh, uh, big black metal Norwegian band, like one of the biggest over there. And I remember I started doing all these interviews and then I started building even more traction. And uh, I got a phone call from um, a guy in New York um, who who runs uh, skateboard marketing. And uh, he, he messaged me. He's like, hey, um, there's a radio station in Portland that recommended you. And I was like, Dang. recommended me? You know, he's, he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, um, he's like, he's like, apparently you're, you're doing a lot of big things. He's like, tell me about your show. And, and I'm all, oh, um, you know, I do these shows. I support, um, you know, a local bands. Uh, I play the music on the radio. Um, I've interviewed, you know, uh, Trivium, Atreyu, Demi Borger, uh, all these bands, um, and by myself, you know, he's like, he's like, you know, that's normally a publicist's job, right? You know, getting all these interviews yeah. and I'm like. I was like, I didn't know. He's like, he's like, all right, I'm going to do you a favor. He's like, from now on, I'm going to book all your interviews for you. There you go. And I was like, really? You know? And I was like, oh, oh, oh wow. Okay. You know, and it's crazy. And then, and then all of a sudden, um, through doing interviews with Munzee, um, um, I ended up being really great friends with Nuclear Blast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it kind of just all started from there. But, uh, but honestly, it's been a dream come true. I mean, last year I got on Blabbermouth five times, That's and sick. I've never and I've never done that before. And one of my interviews made it on like forty. My Sepultura interview made it on Google, um, on forty other radio stations, and like thirty websites. That's sick. 
yeah, and, and just asking him like a normal question, even like, you know, and and just trying to shoot the shit. And man, it's just it's like, this radio journey has been massive, dude. And and I got I got big plans for this year. I'm tr- I'm trying to do press at aftershock this year. Yeah, and I'm trying to do all, I'm trying to do all these big things. And the thing is, dude, all these things are so much bigger than me, Johnny. But but I'll be damned if anybody limited me ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, like, <laughs> it's it's one of those situations where, um, again, your passion. You you weren't like striving to do this, you know. Your but your passion for music kind of led you directly into the path. And there's a difference between um, between certain types of people. It was it was something my sister said to me one time. Um, you know, she she mentioned to me because I was talking to her about how there's all sorts of crap that I that I always do and I and I do and she's like, Well, you know, you you're the person that actually gets the stuff done. You do it. And it from you, once you started down this path, there's a lot of people that you know, would have taken the guy to the radio station and then, you know, maybe after five times taking him, maybe backed out, you know, <laughs> but you actually were being a good person going down this path and then kind of fell into it. And, but you, you made it happen because you were, you were driven and you were a good person to put yourself in that, in that position. A lot of people would either not have the drive to care enough to put in the effort or not want to help someone out or all this, all this kind of stuff. And so it's, I think that good things happen to good people and especially people that put themselves in good positions, you know? And so, yeah, you're, you're making it happen. And that's, it's awesome that, um, it's always been your biggest passion music. There's so many different ways to be involved in music and this is just a a whole nother realm. And that's why I really want to talk to you because it's just a whole different, um, realm than I've ever even thought about you know, being involved in the music scene is uh radio. And, um, but like you can a hundred percent make such a big difference and an impact on so many different fan bases because you can bring to light something from a band that, you know, they might've never talked about in an interview or their fans would really be interested in. And so it's cool because you're kind of interacting with bands in a way that gives their fans something they might not have ever gotten before i mean if you're talking about an interview with sepatero how many interviews have they done you know (laughs) a ton (laughs) and so if you can bring light to something new when you're talking to sepatero these people who have been fans of them for 20 years you know that's that's a pretty cool thing that that you can actually give to the fans of these you know legendary bands that's pretty sick dude it's Dude, I think uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, what your sister said, she she nailed it right on the around the button, dude. And yeah, dude, you know what? It's it's hella it's hella crazy, man. Honestly, this whole music thing, dude. Like, like even even getting the text from you blew my fucking mind. <laughs> I, when, when you when you text me, I, I immediately spell checked uh, the post I did on YouTube and on my Facebook. I was like, I was like, I misspelled the brownie. And I, I must have missed. I, I must have missed an R, and I wrote the bounding or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, but it, it's you know what? I feel like I feel like when you really when you really just love it, man, you, you know you belong. You know, like yeah, like I was saying when I when I was a you know I always questioned like why me, why this or why this town and and those were all just uh, you know putting shit on a pedestal. Yeah, you know what I mean. Every little thing I made, I made, I I defeated myself mentally before I even started. 
Yeah. And that's like the that's like the worst thing you can do. But but yeah, dude, with the radio, man, it's like just bring out the you know uh, the stories and you know and talk to the musicians because you know we're we're all people, man. Yeah. And, sure. and, and 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 we all we all have way more in common than we think. Oh yeah. Like when I when I when I started doing these interviews, I was like, dude, we're all just homies. Yeah. We we all just love music. We're all just talking. Like and the fact that like we get to like do it do it on certain platforms, I think. I think it's so rad. Yeah, definitely. You know, but you know, and just one of the biggest things with this show, I just want to keep pushing is that, like, you know, like the radio station we do it, we're a part of the five percent that isn't ran by corporate. Yeah, you know, so so it's like I try to keep it, I try to honor that by keeping it about the local bands, mm-hmm. promoting the bigger bands, but really keep it about music and and instead of trying to like me being like, oh, like my show's like decently. It's doing good. Like I, I got to move it to Portland or, or I got to move it to SAC or San Francisco. I'm just like, I'm. I want to start a whole new chapter here in Southern Oregon. Yeah, and you and know? I think that's I think that's pretty sick. And it, you are right too. You said it earlier, like, because um, bands drive from Northern California and they skip either straight up to Seattle or maybe they stop in Portland. You know, uh, personally, yeah. I ain't going to Portland, but <laughs> the. Uh, um, and we did one of the best is it it's one of my most fondest memories from touring ever um it was a day that we were again it was early early in the browning days so i'm talking 11 years ago like our second tour ever or something to where we had no money at all and we had an off day and we couldn't afford off days back then you know yeah. for for me to feed you know five people was impossible if we didn't get money that day. And so um, last second, I really wish I remembered um, this girl's name. It was in Medford. And um, I just posted on Facebook, like, we really need a show somewhere between, it was probably Sacramento and Seattle. That's probably exactly what it was. (laughs) And uh, I just got hit up by this girl, um, short blonde hair. And she was like, I can book you guys um, here tonight. And it was literally that night. We booked it like 10 p.m. and for the next day. And so we show up to this random show in Medford, Oregon. And uh, it was it was something like, you know, 50 people showed up. And at that time, that was freaking, that was good, you know? That was a yeah. really good show. And like as we showed up to that show and 50 people showed up, she said, hey, you guys can also go play this bar after this show too. We played two shows in one night that this random girl on facebook booked us in medford oregon on an off day like it's so fucking rad yeah and so it's like it, that was one of the best memories and then we i ended up um specifically hitting her up to book shows there two other on two other tours on off days um in that area and she hit us up and we had good shows every single time we ever played medford but it was always on an off day by ourselves there was it was never on an actual tour so um you're right i think that that some regions really get skipped over but like the thing about the regions that get skipped over is those fans are hungry you know they they're sick of driving two hours to go to a show they want a show in their area and everyone turns up when you do it you know i did everyone turns up dude believe me when 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 you hear an artist coming down like yeah everybody shows up and I think that's so rad, dude. And you know what? I'm not surprised that you were treated so good and the fans came out because, you know what? They are super hungry. And and I, I actually had a couple of my homies 
Um, I don't know if they know you or not, but they mentioned you. My friend Vinny, who lives here, mentioned you a little bit. My friend Clarence mentioned you. But I, I think I think they're I think they're homies. You probably met eleven years ago. Probably <laughs> <laughs> the the but, amount of people that I've interacted with at random shows all over the country. Like if I saw their face, I'd be like, "Weren't you at this the show in Klamath Falls in 2012?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, dude. Um, I want to. One of the things I want to talk to you about a little bit, dude, is that I know you're a parent, right? Yeah. And and you travel and all that, dude. Like, like when you first had your kids, like, like how did you acclimate everything? Because you know, I have a two year old son, mm-hmm. and and one thing that me having my two year old son taught me is that every minute matters. Yeah. So 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 if I only have a an hour or two hours free time before I got to change his diaper, yeah, you know, make his food, put him to bed, like I got to make sure I'm not wasting one minute, like definitely, like 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 you being a touring musician and like doing your podcast and just doing all this other behind the work behind the scenes work and being a family, like like how did you manage all that when you first became a dad? Well, I got kind of lucky with that because my baby was born right at the beginning of COVID. Oh shit! What day? What day? What day? Uh, um, April twenty third. Oh shit! My my son was born January twenty ninth. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and, yeah, go continue. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, I haven't had to go on tour since the baby's been been out so far, but I'm very much so insanely busy, and so it's it's hard to it really it's difficult, but COVID has been a big blessing in disguise for me just to it's given me a lot of opportunity to um i finally had the time off of touring to set up a business outside of music to make money and um my plan now though and because now since covid i've I've been around my wife and my baby for the past two years i've never not not been on tour for that long you know and so um with all this time together like I I don't want to be apart from them for a month at a time moving forward. And so uh essentially I'm just going to I'm going to buck up when we go on tour and like no matter what it costs me I'm going to make sure that my family gets to come and be comfortable and everything as well. And so That is so rad. Yeah, it's it's really um you know, music is, is very important and touring is very important, but like you said, having a kid kind of changed your perspective and your goals on certain things. And, um, you know, the, the band is my goal and my ability to reach a lot of people to create some good in the, in the world in some way, even though my music's extremely negative, (laughs) I can still, (laughs) I can still, you know, reach out to people and, um, you know, have some meaning behind everything. It's, it feels like my purpose, but also being a a father and a husband and raising a good, um, a good person and also giving my wife the best life possible is that's more of a deeper purpose than, you know, um, you know, music is. And so, and it's also very important to me because even with my company, I started, I'm, I'm traveling full time right now, but, um, me, my wife and my baby all travel together full time. So we got a camper, an RV. And so we're traveling, living it up, you know, working. And so kind of our life we've been living for the past, you know, year and a half traveling for the business is just going to go directly into the same exact life, but for music, and so we've kind of, we've put a lot into set it up 
so that once the whole COVID thing ends, we can just kind of rotate back into music, but in the same travel setup. So I've kind of just refocused my whole thoughts on what touring is going to be like so that they can be there um, with me. But as far as work and trying to balance how much can I work versus, um, you know, spending the time with them, that's something I'm still very much so struggling with <laughs> because I'm, <laughs> I, I try to, um, help as much as possible. I don't want to be the person that just, uh, leaves the baby with the wife and doesn't, doesn't interact and just works, you know, t 10 hours a day. And I know some people don't have a choice. That's, that's just what they have to do. Um, but you know, my wife doesn't work. She, uh, besides being a homemaker and, you know, I, I put it on me to be able to provide for her and the baby. And she really does help me, um, as much as possible as far as giving me the time to, to write music, write albums, uh, do all this kind of stuff. And so it's a whole new realm, <laughs> but dude, yeah. I, I love it, dude. It's, 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 it's a beautiful balance, dude, you know, and, and there's definitely so much and, and yeah, I just honestly, I, I couldn't imagine. Uh, but the thing is, is that, you know what you did when the situation got hard, you figured it out and now your family's traveling with you, man. Yeah. Cause you, cause, cause you know what? A lot of people, you know, if, when they start, you know, there's always all those memes and shit that say, Oh shit, your thirties are coming. Oh, kids, you right. know, like, like basically your dreams are over. And for me, you know, when, you know, like with having the kid, I was like, why the hell are you guys all quitting? Right. Like like now that now, now that the kids here, I want to do it even more. Yeah, and that and that's a big thing for me. I want to I want to be an inspiration to her in so many ways. Oh yeah, and uh, so that you know, no matter the situation, that even even if I quote unquote fail with whatever I do, like the someone can always say like, look how hard he tried though, you know. And so. Yeah. Um, I don't plan on failing, but you know, just in case, like I at least have that, that I tried really, really hard. And that's a, that's a lesson that, um, you know, some people really need. And, um, yeah, so I, I do, and my wife too, she, she hundred percent wants to support. Um, and as much as it can be annoying how hard I'm trying at times, she, she really does, you know, hook me up with the ability to do what I got to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude, that, that that that's so awesome. You have the support system, and uh, same with me, man. With uh, with my, my wife, um, you know, she's you know, right now, like like you know, I was gonna cook dinner. She's cooking dinner and making sure everything's all good. So by the time I'm up there, thank you, everything's good. But yeah, I know it's so important to have a support system, dude. And yeah, I think I think that's so rad that like you know you acclimated to your situation, and and now you're you're seeing your tour different, everything different, mm -hmm. and. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 definitely a balance. Believe definitely. me, dude. Like, like I do radio, but I also like I play in a band and we do like yeah. sixty or seventy shows a, a year. There you go. So I'm, I'm I'm trying to do that, plus my radio, which I do about four to sixteen videos. I mean, four to sixteen interviews a month. Yeah. Plus, I do ten videos on YouTube every month, and then I work up uh, nine to five yeah. at a plumbing company. There you go. I mean, you're, you got to do it though. You got to grind it and it, it pays off in the end. You know, the people that work hard, it, it, it really does. And that's something I wanted to ask you about as well. Like with the, the radio stuff, cause it's, it's not 
uh, internet radio. It's legitimate FN turn on in your car radio. Yeah. And so like, what is the, the work setup for something like that? Like how, what is your, the day that that's what you got to do? Like, what is, what's the process? Okay. So, um, so I, um, I live here in Ashland, Oregon and our station, we're stationed here as well. So, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I just go to the, um, so if I do an inter- usually if I do interviews, I usually either have them pre-recorded if they can't do it live. Um, if not, I'll do it live, but yeah, dude, I just, uh, I drive to the station maybe a half hour before, um, I make sure I have the list of songs that I promise. Cause with the radio, man, I, I do a lot of like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a yes man, but I'm kind of learning to be more of a, like a, a stable man. Cause I realized saying yes a lot can really overwhelm and and then at that point you start producing a shittier product well and and by that do you mean like people that send you requests yeah exactly because because it got to the point where it was like too many yeah you know and 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 i was just like man like and the thing is i try to support as much as i can but like sometimes it's just it's it's a lot yeah definitely uh, well and and people are there to they want to request their stuff, but also you're you're the personality and you're the one that's you know playing what what you want to. So that's that's yeah. important to have your your personality and your taste like like in there for sure. And so yeah, yeah so you drive to the studio and you get there, yeah, and I, then what happens? Yeah. Um, I drive to the studio. Um, usually there's somebody else doing a show before me, so I'll go in there and um, I'll hand them a CD. So that way they'll play it at the top of the hour. When we're ready to transfer, so I'll be like, "Oh, here, uh, um, track two off uh, Seven Son of the Seven Son, play uh, Infinite Dreams." You know, he's like, "All right, you got it." So the guy will end the show and be like, "All right," and now you have the heavy metal show coming here with the metal mixtape. They'll slip on the song. I'll come on. I'll do. I'll do my huge intro, um, which is uh, it's. Uh, and welcome to the metal mixtape here on KSQ eighty nine point five FM, Ashland, Oregon ninety four point one FM, Medford, Oregon. Stream online on KSQ.org. It's the boy, it's the Don DJ Ramos. So usually I do like an intro like that. <laughs> How many times <laughs> you done that? <laughs> um, Three hundred times. Yeah, grind it into your brain at this point. <laughs> yeah, grind grind it into my brain, and and I usually start the show, and uh, um, I try to fit in two interviews a show. I try yeah. to fit in at least twenty local bands a show. Jeez. mixed in mixed in with like yeah, the most local bands I ever played in one night was. I did a five-hour show and I played seventy-two local bands. Yeah. So how long? Night. How long is your show total? Uh, my show is three hours long. Three. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And so are you super high energy the whole time? Yeah, man. And and honestly, a lot of times, um, you know, I uh, um, if I'm if I don't have my co-host, you know, I yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll get mellow sometimes. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, dude, some days I have such shitty days, and some days yeah. I'm depressed. I got anxiety. But the thing is, is that when I go do radio, there's like legit people that like listen to me every week that I do my show that call in and like there'll be people that listen to me like an hour away and be like, dude, like I look forward to your show the whole time. Like like you're the only metal station in Oregon that's actually playing anything else but Five Finger Death Punch and Greta <laughs> Van Fleet on the radio. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, God forbid, you know, I know I like Greta Van Fleet, but the that's not uh, God forbid. But the thing is, but the thing is a, a radio station host will be like, you guys ready for some hard rock and brutal music? And then it's like, here's Greta Van Fleet, you know, <laughs> highway song. And I'm just like, 
and and I'll be in the warehouse. I'll be like, "That's not fucking brutal." <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And that that's a big problem I think that radio has currently is that the big rock stations there's there's like no edge to it at all. Like whenever I would listen to radio back when I was younger, you know they're playing Corn System of a Down, you know stuff like that that had an actual edge to it. Whereas now, the, if you turn on any rock station I turn on, it's only stuff from like eighties playing, you know? And it's yeah. it's just like it's Ozzy and then it's freaking Guns N' Roses, you know, and then maybe you get a new Star Set song or Shine Down or something, you know? Yeah, you know, I sometimes I think that people are more in fact infatuated with somebody that other people think is a rock star. Right. And and just like them just because of that. Yeah, just because they're just because they're popular. Because honestly, dude, when I was younger, you know, I used, to, you know, there was a lot of bands that were like, I was told that were like shitty, and I never gave them a shot. And then I, I'd actually listen to them and be like, oh, like they're actually really good. Yeah, and so on your show, uh, how many, how much new music do you find out about? Fuck, man. <laughs> yeah. So much, so much new music, dude. Um, I would say about a hundred, hundred of the bands I did. 100 interviews I've done on my shows, I've never heard of the band before, yeah. ever. And they just reached out to me randomly. And and I'll tell them yes, and they'll just be like, are you serious? Are you sure? And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm like, dude, the fact that you're showing effort and you worked your ass off on an EPK and like you gave me a personal message, not just the copy and paste. Mm -hmm. Like, like that shows how much more you care. Like when I see a, when I see a promo kit and I can tell it's just a copy and paste and they just swapped my name out. Yeah. I'm 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 quick to like kind of skip it. Definitely. But, uh, but the thing is, dude, so much new music. Honestly, I've have. If it wasn't for radio, I wouldn't have the respect for every genre of metal. Yeah. Now that I would before, and and also just respect for the the industry and the grind that so many bands do. It's just it's it's so honorable, and just dude, I listen. There's so many new so many new bands. I listen. I, I would say. Every show, seventy five percent of the music I've never heard of. Before. Really, I'll play. Oh yeah, there, there's times where I'll do first time reactions to like fourteen songs straight. So <laughs> I'll do a I'll do a post on Facebook. Yeah, and I'll say, hey, uh, email me your tracks. Um, within six hours, I have two hundred and fifty submissions. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm playing everybody. I'm like, as long as you're not like saying anything derogatory or right. racist, I'll, I, I'll play it. As long as you're not saying something like that, but fucks and motherfuckers that's yeah. all right you <laughs> know you as long as you're not like as long as you're not disrespecting women or uh -huh. an entire race of people i'll play your music on the radio <laughs> you yeah. know yeah and uh and so much new music honestly like like honestly dude before radio i would not have the knowledge or even love that big of love for music as i do now yeah like it's it's insane dude and and what's crazy is that, like, my radio and everything, like, it, it, it just, it got crazy. Um, I remember the first time I ever even felt the power of radio. I remember uh, my house burnt down uh, two years ago here in the Almeida fire. And I remember um, when my house burned down, I stopped doing shows for two weeks. And and um, I, I got a comment, a message on Facebook, and somebody's like, hey, man, where are you? Like, we look forward to your show. Like, we literally play you, like, in Safeway. <laughs> when, when the store's closed, you know what I mean? Like, like you're blasting in the background while we're stalking. They're like, what's wrong? And, and I was like, dude, my house burned down. I don't, I have, I, I luckily got my tower with all my work out of the fire. I was like, dude, I can't do shows. 
you know, and, and, and I was like, I can't do anything. And I remember, um, uh, one of my YouTubers who was, who found me on Facebook, he's all, he's all, Hey man, uh, he's all started go, f um, um, send us your PayPal, like send me your PayPal. So, so I sent him my PayPal and he did a post on my YouTube page and, um, my YouTubers ended up raising five grand for me in two hours. Jeez. Yeah. And, and that right there, dude, I was like, I was like, holy crap, like this music I'm playing for these people and, and interviews, like they're making real differences in people's lives. And, and I would have never thought that like, you know, th that this was like three years of just grinding right. that, that people, that, that people really support out there. And, well, and, and the thing, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say um, to, to back um, your question about, you know, if I listen to a lot of new music or uh, get introduced a lot, not only music, but people, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, and I, it's I, crazy I, the, the impact that music can make no matter pretty much how you're uh, working in it. And it's uh, that's awesome that the people banded together and got you got you the money and it's just even through you just interacting and playing music and just sharing some sort of commonality with people that then they um will support like that i i did a live stream on twitch i was streaming for like five six years and i had a, a, a medical thing pop up and it was the same sort of situation i was in a you know a hard place and needed money for medical expenses and medicine. And, uh, that day, you know, raised like, it was like $1,500 for medicine. And it's crazy. Oh, yeah. It's awesome that music will, um, it's like this community and also particularly metal, I feel has yeah. that community more so than any other genre. And it's, it's just, it's sweet that people have that sort of connection. And even with a radio host, like, I don't know, it's, it's a, it's a weird thought uh, that the, not, not necessarily a weird thought. Like, I don't want to be, you know, derogatory towards like what the normal assumption of a radio host is. And it's one of the reasons I really wanted to talk to you about it because I don't know, it's <laughs> the type of people, <laughs> like what type of person's a radio host? Well, it's pretty much anyone that just loves music and gets the opportunity. And you're still very much so impacting everyone in your in your area. You know that's that's pretty sick, dude. I just I just want to I just want to inspire other people in small towns to do good, man. Like you yeah. like you know I feel like a lot of times like you're a product of your environment and you can get successful that way. Like you know like like let's say like if a band is in San Francisco, of course there's going to be bigger shows offered to you. There's, uh -huh. there's more bands getting toured through. Um, when, when there's a bigger market, there's people actually compete with each yeah. other. People push each other to their, you know, to their limits. And you, you, you know, you become a product of your environment and, uh, and, and with all these small towns, you know, they, they get no big artists going through and, and no, no people to inspire, Yeah, you know, inspire others in small towns and, and with the show, yeah, dude, it's like just loving people and everything. And, and you know, I know, you know, with you and, and you doing all your projects and music and anything, have you ever had like a like um, a crazy fan experience where maybe a fan was like overly nice or maybe a fan maybe went sideways on you? <laughs> do, do, you do you do you have any stories like that? I mean, I've, um, I've always been a, a little weary about um, – you know, I, a lot of the people that I've interacted with a lot now, um, to the point that there there are now that the band's bigger and there are like quote unquote like super fans, 
Um, I pretty much am just interacting with the friends that I made like 10 years ago at the shows now, you know, I dig it. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and also I've, I've never been the type of band dude that has like gotten with girls and stuff like that. So I think that's where normally those crazy stories come from. <laughs> and so I've avoided all of that. Now I have some crazy stories about other people that used to be in my band, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there was always, um, a, a female involved and so i've always very much so avoided anything like that for for multiple reasons but a uh, big one being i never wanted to you know be with a a person that was a fan of the music because i didn't want that to be the reason they were with me you know and so 100 uh, percent, yeah and so i've i've very much avoid drama i also don't drink so <laughs> there's no drama there i don't do drugs so no drama there and so i'm I'm probably the most boring person to tour with. <laughs> Bro, that's hey, you know what though, dude? You need you need that at the top of the helm, dude, when you're trying to like run a business or everything. Yeah. Cuz a, a lot of people count on you. Yeah, and that you know, that's and, a big thing. We we've been on tours where uh I won't mention any band names but or anything, but like we were managed by this big band that we were on tour with and the dudes were so preoccupied of going and getting drugs and partying at night that they weren't like showing up to pick up their merch drops when they had merch shipments coming in to where I had to go pick up the bigger bands merch from like UPS because they weren't showing up before it would close. Like, (laughs) and so it's like, or I, I was sitting there one night and they had like, five girls sitting outside and they were just sitting there talking and smoking. And I'm just kind of walking by carrying crap out. And I see this girl sitting on one of their merch bins and she's just taking shirts out and putting them in her purse. (laughs) And the dudes, (laughs) the dudes in the band are just standing around smoking and laughing. And I, I walk up to their vocalist. I'm like, that girl's just, she just put like 10 shirts in her purse. So you might want to deal with that. And then they still went and partied with those girls that night. Like, (laughs) It's crazy the the how much the drugs and alcohol can screw up like band and that band is not doing well now because they've had so much drama of getting in fights and band members switching because of all this kind of stuff. It's like of course it's not going to work for them. They don't their their minds aren't right when they're on tour. You know, it's not well, possible. Dude, I well I I honor you for fucking being able to like you know I I'm not saying like being able to control yourself but like being able to be like, you know, sane around that situation. Cause you know, it's, it's so easy to get carried away, you know, with, you know, it's kind of like, again, talking about like the whole like rock star mentality. Oh, you know? yeah. And, and yeah. people, and people thrive for that. But the thing is, it's like, it's that longevity dude. And, and you know, with everything you're doing, like, yeah, I, I agree with you too, man. Like, like when I go do shows and stuff now, like I, I, I go do a show and I'm like, Oh, I got to go. My, my son's with my mom, like getting babysat. <laughs> yeah. Like dude. I gotta, go, I gotta go pick up and Oh, it, it's uh we, we gotta go swimming classes in the morning. I can't uh-huh. party and all that. But I, I partied so hard before I even did radio and music, dude. Yeah. You know? And, but you know, one, uh, I think one of the biggest things that I don't know, man, I feel like with, with like, you know, people stay in rock stars and everything. I don't know. We're all people, man. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just, it's just, there's some people that work harder than others. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, uh, I really do think it's not possible for rock stars to exist anymore. Uh, yeah. I think that there's too many musicians that are out there, like that are, that are famous, you know, or, and so 
it used to be very few amount of people that were famous that you had those people that were just like everyone in the world knew them. Uh, now no one is that famous pretty much, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. And one of the questions I, I had for you, um, like being a radio host, cause me being in a band, I, I watch what bands do. I watch what they post online. I listen to their albums and, as a musician, I'm always like sitting here freaking critiquing everything in my head. I never make certain certain opinions public, but it's hard to not like as a producer listening to certain aspects and yeah, or yeah. you know whatever. And so you as a radio host, like, do you hear some radio people and just cringe? Um, all the time, dude. And and all, <laughs> no, no, literally, like at least ninety percent of the metal radio hosts out there make me cringe. You be, even, even even like the big ones, you yeah. know, that work for like big labels like Roadrunner or like other big mm -hmm. labels. I, I love them, by the way. I love Roadrunner. Uh, hey, uh, pick up my card. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, no, but um, yeah, dude, because the thing is, is that like, um, you know, with music and um, I learned that like it could be very subjective where like uh, like the thing is like I the most like let's say like you send uh, the Browning, right? Let's let's say let's send mm -hmm. your album to a review place. This guy only loves power metal. He grew up in the eighties. He's like forty nine or fifty, and he listens to the and, and and he and he gives you like a shitty review or not or maybe a weird review you weren't expecting. Yeah, you know. And, and I feel like when you're when you're doing reviews and stuff, you gotta not be biased and and just be stuck into like one genre situation. Yeah, you know? like like you know, for me in a thrash metal band, like I've I've got reviews where where I've had people go, oh my god, like his thing is fucking terrible. What an amateur. Like like the rest of the band is okay, but this has got awful and everything. And I'm and, and I go to his channel and I'm like, dude, the last ten albums you reviewed before me have all been like hardcore death metal bands. Right. I'm the I'm the only sort of clean vocalist. Uh-huh. You know, and, and so for me it's like I see a lot of these people do reviews and I'm just like I'm like you're either kissing somebody's ass and not and not really talking in depth about any of their tracks. You're talking about their title track only. I and, hate and, that, and, dude. You know what I mean? Like and 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 or or you're a complete Nazi um and you just only love one genre. Yeah. And 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 you're critiquing somebody in something that's totally different, you know? And I feel like when you have to listen to metal or like or not listen to metal, but I think, you know, it's smart to like be open a lot of genres because then you can actually give a valid opinion right yeah and you you hit the nail on the head with that uh just talking about a title track like i'll be honest and this might be a little vulnerable but <laughs> uh, <laughs> after after i finished the album uh you know, I put a lot of freaking work into this stuff, especially since I mix and mastered the whole thing. And it was all through COVID with a brand new baby. Like, it was very hard to do. Um, each album is, is kind of a big strenuous thing for me in so many ways. And the very first person that I get to talk to about it, right? The yep. the label always has, and whatever, I have. I don't necessarily care if they hear this and get upset about me talking to crap about it, but the label always has this person call me to write this bio or whatever that encompasses the album, right? Yeah. And talks about it and talks about the process of it and all this kind of crap. And it's, same, it's the same dude every time. And uh, this album is especially very difficult and also is very connected to this album specifically. And... um I 
I'm sitting here, this dude will ask me a question about what was it like producing the album uh, by yourself? And I'd go through this like a freaking, like a five minute talk, 10 minute talk, <laughs> right? Of yeah. me just like talking about how hard and how difficult it was and how certain things mean a lot to me about what I did specifically and like the passion that, uh, that I put into it and be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. So tell me about the song end of existence. I'm like, it's like, you didn't even listen to what I said. You're just writing crap down and like have a conversation. And that's what I loved about whenever I talked to you. Cause you were, you were asking me questions about the questions that I just answered rather than just going down the list of crap, you know? And, um, you know, I, I was talking to this dude about how hard it was, you know, having a newborn baby and all this stuff and making it all work and the money struggles that COVID brought from yeah. a tour canceling and not knowing where, like what was going to be possible in my life and all this stuff. And then he would, he just would be like, Oh yeah, cool. Ne uh, next question. I'm like, what dude? Hey, and those are, those, they, those are the same assholes that post a picture of their face on the promotional flyer for an interview. Right. <laughs> and I just, honestly, after I got off that phone call, um, like no joke, I like went to my wife and like, I actually cried like, and because I felt so, um, I felt like so like pointless you know like all this effort all this stuff for me to the very first person yeah. i talked to about this like massive freaking struggle just did not freaking give a crap and it was someone from my label you know <laughs> like christ yeah, it was yeah. it was brutal and uh it just um then so many times that day that i did that i just did that press day that i talked to you it was it was the same sort of crap you know and well it's yeah well, the thing is, it's like, I don't know, the way I try to see it, dude, is that, like, we're both, like, like I mean, I felt, you know, I know I saw, you know, your family and everything, but the thing is, like, we're both taking time out of our day to talk about something we love, at least make it something different and personal. And, you know, a lot of the times, you know, I know, you know, when I first started doing this whole thing about, um, like, doing other interviews, that's the only thing I didn't like about doing scheduled interviews, you know, mm -hmm. you know, you only get 20, 30 minutes, talk about the album. Yeah. This and that. But the thing is, like, you're going through a conveyor belt of interviews. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm just like, dude, like, like how many, how many of these people really care? Mm hmm. You know, because, like, you know, to be to be gaslighting after somebody gives you an answer, it's, it's so it's so textbooky. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That that like it's almost like the person's like still shy. Right. You know, or not sure. Dude, I, <laughs> I can't stand the short interviews that and that was the thing when I got off the call with you. I was like. Man, twenty minutes—you can't have much of a conversation. Well, you know, well, let me tell you this, dude. The reason I cut it off where it's supposed to—I can't tell you how many times people went over their time. Yeah. Where, where, like, I talked to George Lynch, you know, who plays with Dawkins and all that, and it was my time to do an interview, and I only had twenty minutes. This guy went over nine minutes. <laughs> yeah. And, so you get and eleven. Like, and, and, and the first thing George Lynch says to me is like, "Oh, by the way, we only got ten minutes." I'm just like what the fuck? I have a half hour of questions. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's you know, I'm like, what's your favorite color, dude? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Yeah. How deep and, can and, you and, get? It's yeah. And for me, dude, it's like, I try to, with music and everything, I try to be considerate of others, you know? So for yeah. me, it's like, it's like, dude, I'm going to cut into the other guy's time. Right. You yeah. Know? Exactly. You know, but, but also at the same time, you know, I want to, I want to make this like 
an interviewer couldn't remember. So I don't want to just, that, that's why when we started the interview, I was like, dude, we're going to talk about your album last. Yeah. Like, I want to get to know who Johnny is. Right. Like, I want to know, I want to know what you went through. What are your struggles? Cause I'm looking to get inspired. Yeah. And, you and know, I just, I, I really I, appreciated it. It was, it was brutal that day. <laughs> so uh, that's why I was like, I want to talk to that dude more, you know? <laughs> so it really stood out to me. You're everything about what you're, what you're doing. You're doing it uh, better than anyone else. And oh, yeah. Thank you, man. And uh, <laughs> man, I, cause there was a couple slots on that day that um, in the schedule, the label sent me it. One of them had like 40 minutes. Two of them had an hour. One of the hour slots the girl interviewed me for 10 minutes and ended it because that was her, that was how amount of time she had. I thought I was actually about to have an hour long conversation and still only got 10 minutes. <laughs> and it was, uh, it, you could tell these people had never listened to the music either. Like the way they were wording their questions. Um, yeah. And that, that freaking dude, bothered me. Dude, I, dude, what's crazy is that I've legit been listening to you since I was like 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but the, and the thing is, I immediately hit up my best friend who's like uh, your number one fan or one of your many number one fans. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I was like, dude, oh yeah, dude. But like, but the thing is, man, if I, if I just treated everybody like, like, you know, like I was just like shocked, man, I just, I wouldn't really get to know anybody, dude. Yeah. You know, and, and I remember like the first time I ever like, made myself look like an ass. I remember uh, my band, uh, we got to open for Anthrax here in Southern Oregon. And I remember like, I could have talked to anybody in the band, but I was so scared, <laughs> yeah. you know? And, and, and now with that show, I hate bringing up that show anymore. Like, uh -huh. you know, cause that's the, that's the biggest show my band's done. And I'm just like, no dude, like, like I, I, I can't believe I just put him on a pedestal like that. And I, I missed that opportunity. Yeah. And I told myself, I was like, next time I talk to anybody or anything, like, I'm going to take this opportunity because uh -huh. I feel like, man, like, man, if you really love it, man, you really just got to go get it. Yeah. And, and you really got to go get it. Like you, you, you really, you really got to stop looking at things like they're impossible, you know? Yeah. Well, and also people do put a lot of band people up on a pedestal. Like they're, they're like, they are different than just normal people. But here's my thought on that. Like okay. if someone is, if you walk up and like, say you're, walking in the back of a venue and you're walking by the vocalist of the headlining band and you say what's up to them and you sit there and have a good conversation because they're just a normal person then great like that's awesome and if that person decides to be a douchebag then who cares like <laughs> like just move on yeah, exactly. and just like the most most of the people are going to be good people and if they're not then f them like you know, you don't need to interact with that person anyways. So just because I don't know, there are these dudes that think that they're just all that, especially when they're in their show and uh, all this kind of stuff there. I've had some freaking nightmare experiences with with douches on tour. But honestly, the biggest douchebags on tour are always the crew members of the big bands. It's never the oh band members themselves. It's the people that freaking work for them. <laughs> oh, it's their light Johnny, guy. It's so funny you fucking said that because the guy who was the biggest dick to me that Anthrax show was a crew member. Yeah, it was Scott. It was Scott Ian's guitar tech. It always. So it, was, it's always I, that kind of person. Dude, I, I, we were like doing a sound check, and I, and I look over. I'm like, and he, like I see him working on Scott Ian's guitar. I'm like, hey, uh, are you are you the guitar tech? He's he's like, no, I'm their plumber. And, and like turned his <laughs> back to me, and I'm just like. 
all right, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's like always that. it's always the crew because the thing is the band, like they have enough that they're already, you know, happy about and they get praised plenty. And these crew dudes are washed up dudes that bands failed and now they just have to work as a lighting guy or, uh, you know, <laughs> and so they're the ones that are super frustrated, uh, sitting there. Now they're now of all recant and say that there are some like really professional, really nice guys out there for, and, and, and girls that work for bands, but somehow it's always the crew that's, that's douchebags and seems like they're just ate up <laughs> when, it, when the band is super nice, you know? And so, yeah, it's just crazy. It, it, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting the the ins and outs of the industry and and wh- where people are at and all that right. and their experiences and yeah most yeah most musicians that I know that maybe it didn't work out in their original bands usually either jump on road crews or they do a cover band and make five hundred a gig. Hey, there we go. Got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've noticed one thing recently, and it's uh, metalcore drummers playing for country artists. Uh, oh, dope. <laughs> because I, my theory, and I'm pretty sure I'm right. Um, and there, it's, it's the COVID situation. Uh, none of the metal bands toured, but all of the country bands continued playing shows. <laughs> and true. and so the drummers were like, uh, "Who's playing shows? How can I make some money? Country deal. There's ten thousand people at every show. Sick, you know." <laughs> and yeah. so I think that. Um, a lot of a lot of people are doing stuff like that, um, but yeah, the country shows never stopped. <laughs> and um, one, uh, what is your has been your worst interview, worst experience interviewing somebody? Um, um, oh, oh my god, you know it's funny. I got published. This interview got got published for. Yeah, and and for for me, it was my worst interview ever. It was a. Uh, I'll say the name just because they, they don't give a shit about me. Um, it was uh, I interviewed Camelot. Yeah, and and I interviewed Thomas Youngblood. Okay, and and this and he's a songwriter, guitarist, uh, co-founder uh, of the band, and everything. And uh, I remember um, I only had like 15 minutes in the interview or something. And he's like, he's like, he's like, okay, hey, come on, let's go. I gotta go. I, I gotta do other interviews. Come on, I got another one waiting for me. Let's go. You know, <laughs> and I'm just like. Uh, okay. No, this and that. And then, and then he's like, and, and then like everything he gave me like a fucking sentence answer and just, just to the next one. Like, like basically like as soon as I got into the interview, I can tell I wasn't a priority. But the thing is I was so early in radio that I can't just be like, Oh, Hey Thomas, by the way, fuck you, man. Yeah. That's what that would have been my response. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, 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 and then, and then I would have had the label, uh, nuclear blastman like, dude, like you're not gonna, we're not gonna work with you ever again. Right. Like you're like you're a piece of shit. Like like there's <laughs> other people that are that have thousands of dollars of podcast gear and uh-huh. and they're they're in the band band wolf, bad wolves and mm-hmm. and they, they get way more followers than you. Like fuck you, you know. And and, <laughs> and you know. And I'm just like I'm like I'm like man like Omar like how bad do you love this? How bad do you love this? Like keep your mouth shut. Like I know this sucks, but. This is the grind everybody talks about. Yeah. This is the grind. So I put my smile on and I just kept going. And, and I like the guy and, and the band and everything. But but there's definitely been like two or three interviews where 
where where I was just like completely rushed, but at the same time I was thankful to even be there. Yeah, is that is that the majority of the the negative interviews is just these dudes in this format where they're like watching their clock tick down and their schedule. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, oh, he's number five on the interview pool. Who's this? Right. <laughs> you know, but but I've also had people that have gone far and beyond. Like, uh, my favorite interview ever I've ever done was with uh, Chris Rabb. Okay. Um, he was, uh, I don't know if you know, uh, CKY back yeah. in the day with, uh, you know, Bam Margera, Ryan Dunn, Ray mm-hmm. Gion, Brandon Dickamello. So Chris Rabb, Rabb himself, you know, he's a part of CKY. Yeah. And I remember, um, I got to do an hour, an hour and 10 minute interview with him, dude. Dang. And, 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 and 25 minutes of it was us talking about our kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, uh, I remember, um, he went far beyond, he recorded a video for me saying my show is the biggest in Oregon. You know, thought me telling him, did all like these promo videos and yeah. everything. And, and I never asked him to do anything. And and he's like, he's like, oh, hey, um, um, what's your link? I want to share it on my Instagram. And like, oh, like 10,000 likes. I'm just like, dude, like this guy's like, yeah, going far beyond. But then I've had people just like completely shit on me. And, uh, <laughs> and, and honestly, I, ha- I have local bands sometimes shit on me too. Really? And, and, and the thing is, is that I'm not one to like gloat. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't, you know, I'm not going to talk to a, glo- I'm not going to, Talk to a global, I mean, local band and be like, oh, hey, by the way, I've been published five times. I've interviewed over 100 big artists yeah. and this and that. Like, like, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look uh-huh. at me. You know, I'm not I, I want to keep it about the band as much as possible, uh-huh. you know, and, and sometimes, you know, one of the reasons I had to stop saying yes all the time is because there's so many bands that were late. Yeah. Or or maybe a band that that didn't share once or liked once or or really even gave a shit or was like late to the interview. And I was just like. Dude, if if I say yes to everybody, it gives me a ch- it, it leaves it open for me to be abused that much yeah. more. Well, yeah, I mean you know? the, the same sort of deal. Um, you know, I kind of learned that with uh, touring as well because we used to do every single tour, no matter what it was. We were doing you know two hundred fifty to three hundred shows a year, like nonstop wow. touring. If the manager said, "Here's the tour," we're like, "We're doing it. I don't care about the money." And we inevitably were getting taken advantage of by touring with bands that were smaller than us, but us getting lower on the bill because I was accepting literally everything that came to me. Mm. And so it was like, oh, it's it's us playing direct support for this band. I know smaller, whatever. I'm just going to do it. And um, now it's, uh, you know, at some point you got to learn your value and um, also just know that it's it's not because – you're being a douchebag. It's because yeah. you're trying to create a really good product. And especially like if you only have what you do, you do two shows a week or. Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing two shows a week, that's, you know, that that's a minimal amount of time. You, you need to make sure your product is, is good, you know? Yeah. It's not like you're doing seven days a week and you can have a, a couple crappy shows every now and then. Like, yeah, you got to be maybe a little more particular just to make sure your product is top notch. And that's how I view touring now, too. I'm I want to do it not about quantity of tours, but more of the quality of every single tour, you know, make sure it's beneficial. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And especially, you know, you have in your family now, you know, you can't it's hard. To, it's hard to take those penny pincher risks, you yeah. know, because. Because I, I bet I bet when when the Browning first started, I bet you heard a lot of you're going to get exposure. You're going to get exposure. Oh, yeah. Like 
like like look at this you know and then but man it's like you know like when you're playing all those shows like that man i i couldn't imagine how many times like you got tested financially where like <laughs> you literally had to like restructure your life over and over and over yeah you know? definitely <laughs> and uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's um I've been a broke musician my entire life up until COVID hit and I actually started a business outside of music. <laughs> so, I it's one of my big things I and I think I I admire people that are going for their dreams but also have their their job that that make it possible. Like you say you do plumbing a full time as well as do the radio. Like that's a hundred percent what you have to do, especially becoming like being a, a father as well. Um, yeah. it's just, it'd be irresponsible to just try to go full radio, you know, until you're like set in at, at some point you probably could, you keep doing what you're doing. It's going to get to that point. But, um, you know, that's how I feel right now is like, I want to be a musician that's not broke. And to be able to do that, you have to make money outside of music. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I, I feel you, man. And also, you know, like um, with that point is uh, I feel like if I try to do radio full time right now, like I'm, I might not like it. As oh, much as definitely. Now. Yeah. You know, because then if I try to do radio full time, I'd be thinking about ways to make money. And I and, and the thing is, it, I, I definitely want to make money doing radio later. Yeah. You no. Know, but but right now, you know, I just I couldn't imagine like because I've had bands dude message me and go how much does it cost for me to play a track or, uh -huh. or how much does it cost for us to do an interview? And, and I was like, I've, I never thought of it that way. Right. So, so if I did switch my mindset to that, then maybe it, you know, before I get really into the passion, I start thinking of it as a business and I, yeah. and I start looking at bands different. A hundred percent. You're completely right on that. I mean, and that's kind of one of the, the beauties of my current setup is um, my, up until, and I'm 31 now, so I guess my entire life up until I was, you know, 30, 100% of the music I made was from being creative and monetizing the band in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah. And it was freaking stressful, and like I said, it was a struggle to be happy sometimes when writing mm -hmm. albums because there was no money at the time, you know? Yeah. And so... You're completely right. If you if you did go full on with it right now, it would it would just it could make you hate it. And so you're doing it right by being by spacing it out and um you know doing doing what comes naturally. Like don't force anything. And that's something I try to tell people all the time in mm -hmm. in this yeah. field. Don't don't force crap. Let it happen naturally. A hundred percent, dude. I think I think that's a that's a great point right there, dude. Yeah. And this is awesome, man. I'm happy that we got to talk because I, I know I, I I think I know more about you than I have any other person I've ever, I've ever talked to. <laughs> and, and 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 this is rad, dude. I'm I'm 32 years old, dude. So we're not that far apart. Yeah, we're in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, the two year olds and, and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We won't have pandemic babies, dude. Yeah, dude. It's, it's, it's awesome. But I I think you know it's it's like yeah, like I was saying earlier, like look how much we have in common. Right. Yeah, and and the, and, you, and you never know. And if I would have just if I would have just asked you about your title track end of existence, I wouldn't have got to know you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that there's there's a lot of stuff I um, you know, want to deep dive with you and everything. But a hundred percent, I want to have you on uh, more. I think that you're doing something a lot different than any of the other radio hosts, and uh, more personable than than any of them that I met. 
Um, but it is 10 p.m. And so, again, I appreciate you doing this so late, too, and hanging out with me when you could be eating dinner or doing anything else. And uh, <laughs> so 100% we're going to have you on more because we didn't even get to dive into what music you like or anything like that. But um, Oh, bro, hey, hey, you know what, dude? I, I'd love to do a part two with you too, man, where I don't have the label breathing down my neck. Let's do it. <laughs> and so uh, th- let me know where everyone can um, find your stuff. All right, dude. Um, you can find the Metal Mixtape on Instagram. You can find the Metal Mixtape on Facebook. But most importantly, look us up on YouTube. Um, I am there a lot. Um, if you want to catch the interview I did with yours truly, Johnny McBee, um, that interview is up on our YouTube page as well. And um, if you want to, um, and if you want your music played on the radio, or you want to get interviewed on my radio show, interview me at the Metal Mixtape or at gmail.com. Sweet. And I know you have to have an, an outro to your show. I want to hear it. My outro? Let's hear it. You know what? I really don't. <laughs> you don't have an outro? No, no. You, you know what our outro is? What? I kind of stole it from Jerry Springer. What? But um, it's uh, we do our final thought. Oh, okay. Gotcha. You know, so so I, I'll, how about this? I'm going to end this interview with the final thought. Yeah, let's hear it. When things get hard is the time you have to try your hardest. If things get hard, you're doing a good job. Keep going. Perfect. Appreciate you talking to me, man. You too, brother. And uh, you have a wonderful night. You send me a link when you post this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you better share it or else. <laughs> <laughs> I will, dude. All right. I'm trying to get that exposure, man. <laughs> you got it, dude. Uh, thank you so much, Johnny. You have a great night, brother. Yeah. Peace. You too.